Hello, and welcome to another episode of Carry On Up The Misses. I'm Christopher, and this is The Misses. Hello, I'm Fiona. Thank you for downloading our podcast. I hope you enjoy it. And we've reached the big one. Up the Kaiba, generally recognised as being the best of the Carry On films. Really? What did you think, Miss Fiona? I didn't like it. <sighs> I know, I'm sorry. I liked it in the way that I actually remembered some little bits of this mm-hmm. from my youth. But um, I know, I think I'm, I must be alone in my oh, opinion here. So, so. <laughs> Imagine I've come this far and enjoyed the carry-ons. Maybe it's just the mood I'm in, I don't know. I've not enjoyed up the caper. I don't know what bits I enjoyed, which we can go through. Well, well we start I'm with just the saying, I'm just saying that overall, I, I've enjoyed others more. Okay. So, yes. Well, maybe I was just too uncomfortable by the element of blacking up. Well, there was quite a bit of blacking or browning up in this, yes. I mean, surely they could have found some actual Indian people to at least be extras. But no, they had to black up. White extras. Mm-hmm. Brown up, whatever. Um, and yes, I don't know. I just there wasn't. I mean, there was the um, Roy Castle love story with mm-hmm. the Princess Jelly, and mm-hmm. that was quite nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the feud between Sid James and Kenneth Williams. Mm-hmm. With yeah. the British governor and the Kazi of Calabar. Yeah, I just thought that was a bit silly, especially with all the sleeping with the women and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it was quite a, a smile moment when they were having dinner whilst ring burned. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I think there wasn't enough. Well, I suppose there was the... Well, no, it's all wrapped into one, but there wasn't enough story. Like, the last one we had uh-huh. had many layers of lots of different stories uh-huh. and lots going on with it, whereas this one, it was just that. Well, uh, but see, I think that that's part of its strength, is that it, there's one story and it carries you through and, you know, there's a couple of, there's a few little episodes within it and they get a lot of laughs out of it. Or a fair few laughs out of it. I did think the sets were good. That was impressive. All right, okay. Um, they they had some big outdoors mm-hmm, scenes mm-hmm. with the big buildings and and things. So um, so it's obviously I mean the the quality of the film production mm-hmm. has gone up for this one. That is notable. Well, when the film came out, the producer was stopped by a Indian gentleman who thanked him for letting him have another look at his home country and, and the Khyber Pass that he knew so well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you see, they did film, you know, in a far-flung location for yeah. them. In this case, Wales, rather than <laughs> India. Well, I was going to say, yeah. a bit, uh, I thought it was Scotland, but yes. Mm-hmm. Scotland's a bit far for them to go. Yes, that's true. Uh, oh, right, okay. So, um, what did you think of... Well, what do you think of the fact that this, the, the pun that's in the title of this film? Up the Kyber. Is it Carry On Up the Kyber? It's called Carry On Up the Kyber. Well, it's Carry On, which is nice. Not oh, well, that's true. Mm-hmm. But what is the Kyber? The Kyber? Pass. 
So it's carry on up the bum. Yeah. That's a bit. That's a bit blatant, isn't it? They they're getting more blatant generally. Oh, what do you think? Yeah. From from the early uh, gentle humour beginnings. Yeah, I mean, he, we had bang it in as the um, no bung it in bunged it in bunged it in bunged it in as the um the burpa chief burpa chief and Belcher the burpa and all mm-hmm. that and up the jacksy. Mm-hmm. There's a lots of that. And none of this was raising even the merest titter from you. It was too obvious. I like it to be a bit clever. Oh, okay. Do you know what I mean? But no. And th- those things I wrote down and my things I laughed at. Mm-hmm. So he did raise a titter. Titter the ye not. Titter ye did. Mm-hmm. Occasionally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you correctly suggested that belly dancing would probably come into this. <laughs> as indeed it did in drag. Mm. Which, you know, would be... Uh, would be obvious. Um, so you did laugh a few times. I did. I laughed at them being called the third foot and mouth. Yes. I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, you laughed when uh, Charles Hawtrey as Private Whittle. Private Whittle. Private that was, Whittle. That was Come very on. good. As Private Whittle um, spoke about his... Uh, the um, hot water bottle that he kept... Uh, keeping his dangler warm. Dangler warm, yes. See, so you were there. Um, you laughed when uh, Bungit Din and his uh, taking command spoke about what does every British soldier abroad want? Yes, but how will we get a bint up here? A bint. A bint. A bint. Yes. <laughs> you laughed at the name Bungit Din. I did. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, although I, 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 it was pretty clear quite early on that you were quite uncomfortable with the with the amount of browning up that goes on. Why does this? Why is it perfectly acceptable to still show this film on British television on a bank holiday afternoon, but not you know hundreds of other films that might involve blacking up in some way? Well, it's not why does this film get a special pass? Because they do it so badly. <laughs> They do it quite inconsistently. In some yeah. in some scenes they were very browned up. In other scenes they were barely browned up at all. And and you know they they still even the um, Indian folk were speaking with a very British accent. Well, that's an interesting point on that because at the at one point when the when the soldiers go to uh, Jaxi and they hear Bungat Din and the Kazi speaking to the the various Afghan tribes. Mm-hmm. It's kind of suggested that they're all speaking different languages, because although they're all speaking in English, um, it seems like Peter Butterworth, brother Belcher, has to translate for the other for the soldiers. Oh, I what what I is he have... saying to them? And I think it was more, "What does he mean?" It was what I took that oh, to be. There's another bit later on in the same scene where it's even suggested that Kenneth Williams doesn't understand the language that Bernard Breslau is speaking to the. To the other Afghan tribesmen. I think he just doesn't under, understand the traditions of shaking head, but I didn't mm. get any of that. But okay. um, maybe you're right. Maybe mm-hmm. it's like the TARDIS and we're just hearing it in, in the language we. Yeah, well, they didn't actually give a real explanation yeah. of whether you're all saying the same things. So maybe we just, you just expected to, to buy that. So, uh, again, I say, why is this film accept? What, what is it? Why are the carry ons acceptable? Because of the carry ons? Well, maybe it's only you that think they're acceptable. Although it's not, because they're on TV in the afternoon. Yeah, or real telly, yeah. Okay. 
Um, well, I don't think, I mean, even though they are browning up to play these parts, they're not putting down no. the Indian people as being mm-hmm. lesser than... Quite the reverse, in fact. Quite the reverse, and maybe that's why, why it's acceptable, because no one's actually getting offended mm. by what's being said, and the British are very good at laughing at themselves. I wonder if they do get complaints from their shown. I think they would do. But people complain about all kinds of shit. I know, but would you not suggest this is perhaps a more legitimate complaint? Yeah, maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, okay. Uh, Hawtrey seems to be a bit of a hit again. I know. There was more of him in this, which mm-hmm. is always pleasing. He ran twice and you loved it both times. I know. His quick march. Mm-hmm. Um, I, what was the second time? It was when he was then being marched out again. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, no, I, I just love his physical humour. <laughs> and uh, even though it was very much obvious in the mm-hmm. coming, I did laugh at the up yours joke. Oh, yes. That's a good little exchange. Mm. May the god Shivu uh, bring, uh, what is it? It's in of. yours and, and of yours and then up yours. Yeah. Yes. It was a good bit. You also liked the when you you also I surprised I I didn't know if you would definitely get it, but when the guy banged the gong and Kenneth Williams said I wish he wouldn't do that rank stupidity. Yeah. Referencing the the rank logo of a man banging a gong. Were, were they falling out with rank at this point? No, they're now with rank. Yes. Yeah, they're now distributed by rank. So why were they being mean to rank? Well, they were just having a bit of a laugh. Okay. So, I think they wouldn't have done it if they weren't with rank. You know, mm, yeah. Been, a bit much. Uh, you also quite like Kenneth Williams constantly uh, referring to the Queen as being other oh, railway stations in yes, London. So I did. Queen Waterloo and Queen Houston. Queen Houston. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I got here hope not having it off. Hope not having it off. Oh, when she goes for a haircut and uh, Sid James says, oh, I hope she's not having it off. All right. And then cut to her, her trying to have it off. With Kenneth Williams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which brings me to another point. Uh, the depiction of sexual pleasure in this film, especially in the orgy scene when the four, um, so, well, three soldiers and, and Brother Belcher, mm-hmm. the missionary, um, are all paired off with one of the harem girls. I like I think it was at Hawtree that was kicking his legs in excitement. Well, they were all. That was pretty much what they did, was they all kicked their legs in excitement. And what else were they meant to do? Well, Not the hardcore porn. No, I know, but it could have been a bit more realistic. Not in those days. And that's the thing. These films were never meant to be realistic when it comes to the... It was all suggested and titillation and stuff. Mm-hmm. But no actual... Not even undercovers or anything would they mm-hmm. be actually suggesting that they're doing anything other than kissing so and that's what's so nice and charming about them that they don't go into the graphicness I just I think it slightly detracts from it that you know that it's so that those things are so cartoony that those reactions are so oh, cartoony oh no I like it I find You're it right, doing that's yeah. alright okay I'll have to remember that uh, next time yeah yeah don't bring that to the bedroom <laughs> Why? Oh, oh, it's quite energetic. All oh, crossing of <laughs> the legs and kicking them up and everything. <laughs> uh, you had a laugh at uh, Brother Belcher. Well, he should make a good bar pa. Yeah. Mhm. Uh, 
Right, I'm up Jaxie. Yes, I'm up Jaxie. Um, did you laugh at uh, get rid of this the 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 Fakir, get rid of him, and then I just said Fakir off. Yes. Did you did that? I like that. I laughed, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when Sid James was writing his letter to Queen Victoria and oh ACDC BBC ITV yes <laughs> yes all the letters after his name. Um. And uh, this was a Kenneth Williams line, um, but if you put the, you know, the, they're savages, but if you put the tea before the milk, tea in before oh, the milk, yes. they go mad. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, so what do you think of the, the cast, generally? Or well, pretty much all regulars now. Apart from Roy Castle. Apart from Roy Castle, which you, you were surprised that it was the Roy Castle. I was when I saw it on the credits, mm-hmm. but then I forgot about it again, and only when he was dressed up in drag, I thought, hey, that's Roy Castle. That's Roy Castle from off a record was, break or something. Yes, like. but I was thinking, when he, especially with the white hat, he was mm-hmm. quite good looking. Oh. Which I've never thought of Roy Castle like that before. Mm-hmm. But he was definitely the heartthrob in this thing, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. I could, liked it. Could Jim Dale have played that part? Oh, definitely. Okay. I, I kind of agree. I don't think there was any. There must have been some sort of clash of... Yeah. Timing with, uh, with Jim Dale. But, I mean, was Roy Castle very popular at the time? Would he have been... It's not he was like, an all-in entertainer, so can he... Was I mean, it's not like getting Bilko in or anything. No, not quite. Mm. Not quite. Well, as you can see, he's fourth in the billing, mm. so... And I'm glad Charles Hawtrey earned his third billing. Yes, he did this time. Yeah. He had, he had a lot to do. He was kind of, he kind of drove the story from the beginning by being the, yeah. the devil in skirts who wore... I think Sid James could have had a bit more... <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Other than just getting the various, the Kazi's various waves coming Yeah, but he didn't it. enjoy it in that way, in, in the <laughs> laughing way that I would have wanted to see. So. Okay. Um, Kenneth Williams, he was very As good. The he was, but I just. I think a great performance from Kenneth Williams yeah. as the Kazi. Really, and, and this would be part of the reason why you still get away with showing this film, is he pretty much plays it absolutely straight. Yeah, that's He true. certainly is not sending up the fact that this guy is, is Indian. No. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought he was very good. Not a lot of laughs, really, from, no, that's true. from Ken. Uh, although I do like the end when he says, uh, there's nothing to be afraid of when they're not wearing their yeah. underpants. And oh, I don't know, though, and then runs away. I, I quite like it when he drops into the, the sort of Cockney voice. Uh, Hawtrey is... Yes. I think we need to reflect again. We kind of take Hawtrey for granted now, but he's still he's always good value. Yeah, no, he. I, I just, as I say, he can just be there, and mm-hmm. I, I find it funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roy Castle as uh, he was Captain good. As you say, Jim Dale would have been better. You think he would have been better? I do. Oh. Because I like Jim Dale, especially last year. He's been very good. All right. Okay. Uh, John Sims as uh, Lady Rough Diamond. Oh, I, she does that high voice thing that's annoying. Mm-hmm. And it's meant to be annoying, I think, mm-hmm. but uh, it gets to me a bit. Mm-hmm. But she was very good, and again, a very different character from last time. She's she's in this. She isn't meant to be entirely to be uh, a right a harridan that nobody would possibly want to touch. No, with she's a bit good, glamorous for that. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think I think she gets a really I mean, when, hard done by when she's done up with all the frills. Mm-hmm. That you can see that's meant to be less alluring. Hmm, but but. But no, she yeah, she's very beautiful. So I, I, yeah, she didn't get that across mm-hmm. that it would have been difficult to sleep with her. Mm-hmm. Um, Bernard Breslau as Bungit Din. Oh, he was good, and and also pretty much a rerun of the part he played in uh, 
full of that camel, though, yes, isn't it? It is, but he does look very Arab mm-hmm. in a good way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, when you, you think about full of that camel and the cap and this and the character he played in Doctor, okay, the patient he played in, yeah, that Doctor, was very different, totally different. Yeah, these guys, of these, can the I'm going to defend the actors here who can, oh, just play the same part every time. So they, don't, they really don't play the same no. parts every time. Some of them play very different parts and play them very well. well I don't think Sid James does different parts. No, he's pretty much always Sid James. Yeah. But you've but but yeah, he's also he's not over the top. Can he? He's there's there's some reality to him. Hmm. Yeah. No, I know, I know, but mm. still, he's not like um, Breslau or anything. Peter Butterworth as Brother Belcher. He's good. He's always good. I like him. Are we never going to see Kenneth Connor again? Oh, Kenneth Connor. Kenneth Connor's character played by Peter Butterworth. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, well. Um, The scene early on when he's being seduced by the uh, the woman. With the lamp going round. The lamp going round and round his head. That's probably nothing cast. He just made it happen. He made it, yeah, and he made it work with watching it and and making it keep coming round. Oh, he's superb. A newcomer, well, not quite a newcomer. What, Terry from Terry Terry Scott from Terry and June, who we've seen before, we've met before in the carry-ons. I liked him in this. If you remember. He was very good at doing the sort of constipated angry shouts Mm -hmm. as a sergeant. Um, Yeah, no, I would have him again. You remember him from carry-on sergeant? Yes. One of those sergeants? Because I remember saying Terry and June. Terry from Terry and June. Mm -hmm. Would you have him back Mm -hmm. in a proper part like this? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Angela Douglas as the Princess Jerry. She was Jerry. good, but quite a mm-hmm. straight part. She didn't get blacked up. None of the women got blacked up. Though she has dark eyes and dark hair in a way that you, I thought it fitted okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. She's good, she's not good, would you have she's a She's good, it, the part was quite straight, so I wouldn't say that she's particularly funny, but mm-hmm. um, she did it very well. Okay, uh, Carju Robinson as the Fakir. I didn't really understand that part. Well, it was just, well, the, the part of that reason was, there was a suggestion that, if you remember, the, the last one was Doctor and they had Frankie Howard, the one before that was, uh, for that cam on, they had Phil Silvers. Mm-hmm. So there was a suggestion that this was going to be another big star, another mm. big name, and there was a bigger part, and it was going to be Tommy Cooper. Yeah. Right. apparently who they fancied to be the, the Fakir. He did eventually have an actual crucial role in that he got yeah. over the wall and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I didn't take him too much. And Julian Holloway as Major Shorthouse. I quite liked him. Good. But again, being the very stipper blip guy. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very much the straight man in this. Yeah. Although there was a couple of points when, you know, when he suggested that if Sir Sidney was tired out from all the oh, yes, he could do that. he would take over. Uh, but, uh, yes, so oh, pretty much the calf are pretty good. Yeah, the one or two I wouldn't rate, but, um, but no, they were good. I think there's a, it's a slightly different kind, there's some slightly different kinds of humour in this film. Particularly in the last sort of 15 or 20 minutes. It actually becomes quite satirical about British rule, British imperial rule, yeah. um, and the stiff upper lip, them having the dinner while essentially the whole house is coming round. Yeah. Or, or all about them. And Though I, I did quite like the fact that, um, Bernard Bristol, mm-hmm. um, 
was pointing out that it was madness. It wasn't like they well, were Peter all... Butterworth Peter Butterworth, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't... It, I think that was good, to mm-hmm. have someone saying what you were thinking and casting a mirror to mm-hmm. the others. Mm-hmm. But... Um, and what I think is odd about that satirical end to it is that that really isn't something that you associate very much so far with the carry-ons. Can they, they've not been critical of anyone, you know, sort of, of of that kind of political mm. position. They said something about the British being used to cuts. Yes, because the British are used to cuts because everything gets cut. Right. So that was it. Was just it's true of today. Yes, well, that's true. It is true today, isn't it? Mm. Um, and same with the "I'm backing Britain" on the yeah. flag, which was a which was an actual political, um, sort of economic slogan to try and get people to buy British things, yeah. and well, and it kind yeah, of failed like miserably. Yeah, yeah, which kind of failed miserably. Um, so almost sort of direct satire, admittedly, of a Labour government, which one would expect, given the political leanings, seemingly of the carry-on makers. Um, but that would be but what they, they would, Tories. Yeah. Right. But that would be what they would uh, what, what they would take against. But So are we in the first Labour government? This is the Harold, this is the Harold Wilson Labour government that we're in here. At this point, sixty four to seventy. You're looking at me as if you Was this the first the Labour government for a while? I well, know I should know these things, but yeah, I don't. Uh, well there have been thirteen years of Tories between yeah, that's, nineteen that's, 51 and 1964. That's what I was asking. Right. Okay. <laughs> it's always fun when you show up my ignorance. Well, I, I didn't show up your ignorance. You didn't answer my question. I did that. Well, what does that mean, the first for a while? Any government is the first for a while, because there's usually another one before it. And they last a bit of a while. Uh, and there was fourth wall breaking just at the very end there. But I've now decided I don't need to um, mention every single possible uh, occurrence. There was of. another device that was new. What was that? Fast forwarding the film during the fighting oh, scene. Oh, overcranked film, yes. Oh, has that got a turn? Overcranked yes. film. Yes. I thought it was quite effective at the bit they used it mm-hmm. for. At least they didn't go mad with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't have a narrator, which I didn't like in the last film. They did have a narrator. Did they? Yeah. <laughs> the last one you said they didn't have a narrator before which they had had and this time they didn't have one which they did have yeah at the very beginning he spoke about the um, Jenny Ken introduced the idea of the British in India and the yeah. importance of the Khyber Pass etc sorry <laughs> so do you have any more observations on carrying up the Khyber no do you like it less now that we've spoken about it than you did before we spoke about it? No. No. Okay. But I just want to move on to the next one. Oh, so you do want to move on to the next one? Yeah, though. we're going to carry on up the missus. You're going to give it another go? Yeah. I still, I mean, it's an interesting um, thing to reflect on, whether you enjoy the film or not. So mm-hmm. enjoyment of the film is not essential for me to decide to carry on. Right, I see. 
That that could come in handy as, <laughs> as, as time goes on. Yeah, but on. you say I don't like the favourite ones, I so I might, so, I yes, might so love the, the least one, favourite yeah, ones. The ones. So don't you worry. I generally thought was poor. You might turn around and say, to be honest, you, you've generally been more or less in line with okay. critical opinion up to now. Occasionally there are ones that I just thought was was okay that you said I really like. Mm. Um, but they, I mean, you know, up the cover is, de- is generally thought to be you know the, the only one that you could show. Non-British people, and it might still hold up in some way. Uh, but still, very British humour. Yeah, to be, to be frank with you, I, I kind of wonder about that actually myself now, having watched it properly, mm. if you like, for the first time in a while. That you think actually, no, this is really is about Britain. This film. Yeah. Um, and and what Britain is, or might be like, or should be like, or was like, and what they did like. to the abroad and all that. Yeah, I don't think it was. Whose side were you on? Were, were you on either side? Were you particularly on the side of the of the Indians? Were you particularly no. on the side of the British? I'm not really sure you were. No. I was a bit I was on the side of the British, but more the young lovers and mm-hmm. all that kind of thing rather than the Sir Jameses. Mm-hmm. And even that, given that I appreciate Andrew Douglas wasn't blacked up so it wasn't quite as obvious. But that essentially is an interracial love Coupling, affair. Yeah. Uh, that, that, and kind of just happens uh, as a sort of natural thing. Quite a, in some ways, quite a progressive film. Carry on up the cable. Wow, mm. have I really got to that position? Well, <laughs> I think we've, we've we've our opinions been diluted by the others that we're, we're accepting the it was a different time element mm-hmm. to the point to say progression. No, I don't think I, I know what you're saying. Uh, I'm, I'm sure of its time. It did uh, probably do stuff like that 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 no one else was doing. And maybe it's just it's not it's not so easy as to be able to say they're out of date and they reflect they reflect a time that is out of step with our own and there is no redeeming feature in them whatsoever. It's not easy. You can't. It's not as easy as just to say that. Yeah, there, mm. is, there is light and shade in them. Yeah. Even now, so perhaps there will still be in a hundred years' time <laughs> when our grandchildren do this. Probably not our grandchildren because they wouldn't be married. Unless we really have become very progressive by that point. I think you're waffling now, darling. Okay. Well, in that case, I will will wrap it up, shall I? Yeah, I think we should. Let us know, dear listeners, what you think of Carry On the Kyber, or indeed any of the Carry On films. Uh, You can contact us. Is it your favourite? Is it your favourite? Yeah. You can contact us uh, by email at carryonpodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at, at carryonpodcast. Um, so, but, uh, until the next time when we carry on up the missus, bye-bye. Bye. Carry on. Regardless.